It's great to be able to continue our series going through the book of 1 Peter today and how God calls his people to be different. We are born to stand out, not to fit in, but to stand out, to be holy like God is holy, living different lives filled with genuine hope based securely in Jesus Christ. In chapter 2 of 1 Peter, we've read that God equips and releases his, his people, his church, with the aim of bringing his life and love to a hurting humanity. And over the last two weeks, um, we, we've looked at how God established different ways of relating to and, and submitting to each other, uh, submitting to each other out of love and respect, honouring one another in the same way and with the same love and honour that Jesus shows himself. And today we come to a passage that gives helpful guidance on reacting to situations in a gracious, God-led way, which is often different to the culture around us and how we would naturally want to respond. How do you react? How do we react when things get tough? How should we react when we are wronged or insulted, criticised or simply have a different view to someone? What does the Bible say? What does 1 Peter tell us? What's God's message uh, from, uh, from 1 Peter for us this morning? Just before we read the passage, um, I, I want to just, just remind ourselves of the context that, that Peter was writing to. He was writing to people who knew firsthand uh, what it was to face insult and criticism, marginalisation and rejection for their views. They stood out for Jesus and as they stood out, scattered across the equivalent of modern day Turkey, these believers were facing increasing challenge and extreme persecution from those around them and the political ruler of that time, Emperor Nero. Standing out uh, would have been high risk in their context. It would have meant loss of income, community, loss of maybe food supply and freedom, possibly loss of even their family and their lives. And sadly, this remains the same for so many of our Christian brothers and sisters in other parts of the world today. For us in the UK, we don't face this same kind of intense and perilous challenges. But as we stand out, as we live different lives for and with Jesus, challenge, criticism and possibly conflict will come. So how should we respond or react to this? Maybe uh, situations have come to mind. What, what situations come to mind as, as we address this topic for you? How have you responded when conflict or challenge or criticism has come? Let's have a look at uh, the passage now in 1 Peter chapter 3. Because of the length of the passage, I'm just going to break it up into different sections. And, and um, the, the first section is just one verse, and it's 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 8. Finally all of you be like-minded be sympathetic love one another be compassionate and humble here we have an instruction for uh, um, for dealing with or relating to one another inside the church it's, yes it can be applied to outside but peter's writing to the church to the followers of jesus and he's talking about how we relate to one another and it's finishing off a section in the letter that he's, he's talking about how we relate to one another. I want to highlight a few things from this, from this one verse to help us as we relate to each other and then it'll also help us as we think about how we respond to conflict, challenge and criticism. Number one, be like-minded. 
We're to have a unity of mind. The Church of Jesus, including Gold Hill, is made up of a whole range of people with different views, different ideas, different thoughts, different upbringings, different traditions and different preferences. And one of the joys of Jesus' Jesus' church is its unity despite its diversity. Unity does not mean uniformity. Clones of each other, all exactly the same. Unity is finding, it's about finding a common purpose, a common heart and mind. And, And as a church, we find that in Jesus Christ. In other words, all of us as Christians in the church, um, are all to intentionally seek to have the mind of Jesus Christ. Paul writes about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Or to put it in another way, we're all uniting on seeking or find, and finding out on what on, is on God's heart, what he wants, and we unite under that. We're to be like-minded. Number two, be sympathetic, loving one another and compassionate. We're to express costly compassion towards each other, seeking to understand each other with a bond of deep family love, caring rather than using, sacrificially putting another person's needs above our own, being open and tender-hearted towards one another. This naturally leads to easy forgiveness of, of each other, or more straightforward forgiveness, I should say. It naturally leads to graciousness and an atmosphere of encouragement. It creates a culture of truth and grace in a beautiful balance. So we're to be like-minded, we're to be sympathetic, loving and compassionate, and we're to be humble, to have a willingness to serve one another, a desire to listen and learn rather than judge and take sides, an open-hearted response rather than a closed-minded response. Godly humility that enables mutual submission to one another not viewing one one member as higher or more important or valued than another. We're to be humble. Remember, in this first verse, Peter is addressing how the church should treat each other within the church. Peter is calling us upwards. Peter is calling us to a higher standard, a different standard, and into into a Christ-like community that is loving and honouring each other as Jesus does. It's that phrase from earlier on in the chapter, in the same way. And the rest of the passage today, um, Peter addresses how we should should react and respond uh, to people, not just inside the church, but all people when conflict comes our way. Let's carry on uh, from verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil. That's kind of evil actions. Do not repay evil with evil, or insult, words, with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Verse 13, who is gonna harm you if you are eager to do good? But if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, do not be frightened. Let's pause there, let's be real. Conflict, challenge and criticism is a normal, 
and frequent occurrence. Maybe you are going through something, a, a, a situation now where that's your experience, facing challenge or criticism or conflict. In verse 9, the, the word evil is a Greek word, uh, kakos, meaning bad, unkindness, malice, wronged, challenge. It, it's, uh, it's negativity in a wider sense. It's not just um, pure evil. It, it's, it's negativity, badness in a wider sense. And when there, there, there's evil, this kakos uh, put towards you, how do we respond? Maybe um, you're going through a situation where um, people have said things against you, spread rumours or lies or allegations have been made, that they've just misinterpreted you and have started spreading things uh, against you. Maybe your conflict, criticism or challenge story is different. What, what has your experience been? And how are you or how have you responded? From this passage, I want to suggest, and from, from the, uh, up until verse 22, I want to suggest four ways to help us respond. First of all, be discerning, not defensive. When challenge or criticism comes our way, we need first of all to humbly and prayerfully be discerning. It's, uh, we need to ask ourselves, is this actually kakos? Is this uh, wrong being done to me? Or is there some, some right in it? Is there some truth in it? Is this wrong or bad or unkindness towards me um, a rightful challenge? Or is, is, there, is it based in truth? Um, and we need to, to respond to that truth. Is it an appropriate challenge? And if, um, because we're seeking to, to live the Jesus way of life, as we discern whether there is right in this challenge, whether it's a truth-based challenge, we need to humbly and prayerfully accept the comment, accept the, the feedback, the challenge, and reflect on where we need to change. We need to be discerning and not defensive. Basically, if we've done something wrong and we're challenged or called out on it, then we need to stop doing it and then put it right with the person and put it right with God. We also need to humbly uh, discern whether the person uh, giving the criticism or challenge or, or um, approaching you with, with, um, with something is, is coming at you with, an, with a critical heart or a critical mind. And this is a really helpful thing um, to discern between. Are they just giving helpful uh, critique and feedback, coming at it with some critical thoughts? Um, that are helpful pieces of constructive feedback? Or do they have a negative heart towards you, a critical heart towards you? And we discern that through relationship with the person, taking time to listen and, and know them. But even more importantly, just listening to God and praying through it. So is there a, a right uh, or truth based in, in what they're challenging you on? Are they coming at you with a critical heart or a critical mind? Um, and how are you going to respond to that? Now, if uh, the, the heart is clearly critical, or, or if it is actually cacos coming towards you, if it's real wrong or evil um, unkindness, insult that's coming towards you, the passage is clear. As we discern that, the passage is clear how we react. We are to be a blessing. So we, we are to discern and not be defensive. And second of all, we're to be a blessing. Can you finish this sentence for me? fight fire with 
maybe you shouted back at um, the, the, the TV or, or the device that you're watching on and, and you shouted back fire. Maybe you were a bit slow off the mark and um, you, you haven't actually answered yet. Um, if you want to join in, you could play back and uh, have another go. But um, most people, when um, you say that phrase, fire with, people will naturally say fire. It's a common phrase describing uh, the, the adoption of the same means or force when responding to an aggressor. But we know, just from common sense, that the best way to put out a, a fire or to fight fire is with water. It takes the heat out of it. This passage is calling us to, to bless when we are, are challenged and uh, criticised. Um, and, and it's like pouring water on the conflicts that we, we, are, we face to deal with them in a calm and in a different way. This passage in, in 1 Peter um, chapter 3, 9, 9 to 14 is, is like Romans chapter 12, 9 to, to 21, where a similar, um, similar challenge to be a blessing or to overcome uh, evil or, or badness towards us with goodness. Um, when someone uh, challenges us, we confront them with blessing. We respond uh, rather than, rather with, Rather than with revenge or retaliation, we respond with blessing. And verse 10 to 12 of this passage in 1 Peter, um, quoting Psalm 34, encourages us not to retaliate uh, with words, but to pursue peace. I wonder how you could do this in the situations that you're facing. How could you bless those that are acting negatively towards you? What might it look like for you in the situation you're currently facing uh, where you're being challenged or there's constant criticism coming your way? I'm not simply thinking, um, oh yeah, you, you need to give your boss flowers when they shout at you. But how could you be kind when someone is um, showing conflict towards you? Jesus instructs his disciples in Luke chapter 6 verse 28 to bless those who curse you and to pray for those that mistreat you. So one way we can bless people when they're coming at us with criticism or challenge or conflict is to pray for them. And not just for them, but just to take it to God and say, God, how do you want me to react and, and be a blessing? God may get you to do something as a blessing, but it might simply be that you're called to pray for them and pray blessing on them, pray for God's goodness for them. But as we pray and talk to God about it, we then grow in confidence that, uh, we see this in verse 12, um, uh, Peter quoting from Psalm 34, that God sees the situation, he sees what we're going through, that God knows what we're going through. He knows the heartache and the heartbreak. He knows that the, the pain of this conflict or the criticism and the constancy of it. And he hears our prayers and our cries. What a blessing that is. That God of highest heaven, that God who made this, this wonderful world, mighty God, sees and hears what we're going through. And we can talk to him and, and, and um, bring it to him and ask him to bless those that are, are, are being negative towards us. This in itself is a blessing and an encouragement and an uplift. But there's also a blessing promised in verse nine for reacting to conflict and criticism with blessing. God has called us to react this way. And despite the challenges we may face, we know 
that as we fulfill what God has called us to do, we are blessed as we walk in line with his word and his spirit. Verse 14 ends with an instruction not to be frightened. And if we're to be fearless in these situations, we need to get ourselves ready before these situations arise or take time to, to prepare ourselves, to, to take stock, to strengthen ourselves before that criticism comes or the next wave of it comes. So as well as um, be discerning, not defensive, and um, be a blessing, we are to be ready. And let's read from verse 14 to 17. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. The only way we cannot fear, verse 14, when challenge comes, is if we have appropriate holy fear and reverence for God. This isn't being scared of God, but it's recognising his awesome wisdom, his power and his might, and that he is in control and is above and more powerful than any power, authority or person or group that comes against you. And his voice, his voice matters more than theirs. Let his word and his, his voice become the truth and focus of our thinking rather than the voice and oh lies that your critics may be bringing to you. As verse 15 tells us, and this is, this is a way to help us not to be afraid and to, to um, focus in on God and his voice. Verse 15 tells us to uh, revere Christ or set Christ as Lord, position God first. When we make him number one in our lives, in our hearts, in our thinking, in our actions, um, we, we're setting Jesus Christ as Lord, as first of our lives. He leads our responses, our reactions, the way we deal with things. Let's think of some examples. A common um, common problem, uh, not just in the church, but, but also world in workplaces and things it, and playgrounds and homes is when people talk negatively about others, maybe gossiping about others, spreading rumours about others. Rather than taking something directly to the person, they speak about the person. And as Christians, we uh, are called because we've set uh, Jesus as Lord, we will follow what he is saying and what he's set out in his words. I've talked about this before, how we're to um, live according to Jesus. And in this situation, we are to address the issue in a humble and gentle and gracious way. Um, if someone is talking negatively about us, uh, we first of all take it to God. Take the issue, take the person to God in prayer. Tell him about it. Listen to what he says. And then as you take time praying, blessing on that person, ask God uh, how you want to address it with, how he wants uh, us to address it with that person. And then take it to the person from a renewed place of love and grace for them. And as you take it to them, if the situation doesn't change, 
then you take it to another person. It's only then that other people get involved. The, the negative talking, the, the spreading rumours, the gossiping uh, is stopped when we set Jesus Christ as Lord and choose to follow his way rather than the way that um, the, the rest of the world and, and maybe um, we might want to. When we set Jesus as Lord, we react differently. We follow his way, not just our way. This is one example of responding in a different way. Let's think of another example. And it might be just simply choosing to speak positively, positively to and positively about someone who is criticising you. Now, this is really hard because uh, you might want to say, bless you, uh, and, and be aggressive towards them or negative towards them. But as we pray, as we take them to Jesus and, and ask God to help us to bless them rather than curse them, uh, ask him to help us to speak uh, help you to speak positively to them and about them. Bless them with your words, even when they may malign you with theirs. They may malign you directly or, or to others about you. But we, because we've set Jesus as Lord of our lives, choose to keep praying for and over them. Keep uh, asking God, you're Lord of my life, so help me to be different in how I speak about about them. I want to speak negatively, I want to moan at them or about them, but help me to speak positively and blessing about them. Jesus is Lord and he calls us to love. Peter continues in verse 15 uh, to say that when someone asks why and how you're reacting in the way that you are, with blessing uh, rather than um, negativity back, or with quiet confidence and, and calmness and peace, uh, and love, when people notice that, and they will and they do, um, when people notice that, um, they will ask, well, why, how, how and why are you responding for that? And Peter says, be ready. Be ready uh, to give a reason for the hope that is within you. In other words, uh, Jesus treats, or you can say, Jesus treats me with love, and he treats me with grace, and he calls me to do the same. So therefore, because Jesus is Lord of my life, because I've received his love, I will give his love. Because I've received his grace, I will give his grace. Because I've received his blessing, I will give his blessing. Being ready in this way, being prepared with words as well as actions, uh, turns criticism or challenge uh, into an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. And we're to do it with gentleness and respect. I, I, I love that, that way. It isn't shoving it down people's throats, it's with love gentleness and respect. Love uh, being expressed in the manner of the message uh, and how it's given and shared. Humbly, compassionately, graciously. And then in verse 16 and 17, 17 we continue to, um, to keep a clear conscience. Because we're acting in this different way, we're reacting in this different way, we get to keep a clear conscience before God. That we are living in his way. And it says um, in verse 16 and 17, continue keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, uh, against your good behaviour in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than, than doing evil. In other words, live the life God is calling us to. And don't speak badly of, of others. For it is better, uh, if it's God's will, to suffer for doing good, uh, doing his will, than for doing evil, doing cacos, doing the wrong um, kind of uh, reactions. Ultimately, doing what is wrong will get us into trouble with God. 
Um, it, that, it, there are consequences for sin. And um, doing what is wrong also gets us into trouble with other people. There are consequences t for our negative behaviours. But doing what is right might get you into trouble with people or the world around us, but it won't get us into trouble with God. In fact, this passage says that as we bless rather than curse and react in a different way, God gives us a blessing. We're to be discerning and not defensive. We're to bless as a response. We're to be ready as, as people following Jesus. And finally, we're to be encouraged. Let's read the last part of our passage for today. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made pro proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, when the ark was being built. It, in, it, in the ark, or in it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from, from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities and powers in submission to him. There are some strange things in, in those verses and we haven't got time to fully unpack all of, the, all of those verses now. But essentially, be encouraged. Be encouraged by the example of Jesus, for he has reacted differently to the, to the reactions that we would normally uh, see in, in humans. He lived out what Peter has just instructed uh, the, the people spread throughout um, modern-day Turkey, uh, what Peter's instructed us, to, us as well to do when people criticise and challenge us. Jesus loved those who insulted him. He suffered unjustly, taking on our sin and punishment. They weren't his, but he took it. And he took it in order to bless us and to bring us to God, the goodness of God given to us. And he took the criticism, the challenge that we, we actually should have had. Jesus died paying the ultimate cost for the rejection and the sin of each of us. But God raised him from the dead showing his power by his Holy Spirit. And after his resurrection, according to verse 20, he graciously shared the good news to those who were incredibly wicked and against God in the times of Noah. The good news, though, wasn't just for them. But he spoke um, to, to us as well. He speaks to us as well. He speaks this good news, this message of blessing from God to us as well. And as we immerse our lives, that, this uh, language of baptism and the water that the ark was in, as we immerse our lives and ourselves with Jesus, as we say, Jesus, you're Lord of my life, I'm all in because you are everything. We are rescued and reminded that this world is not our final destination. We are foreigners in this, this world but, and because one day we will spend eternity and eternal victory with Jesus Christ with God forever, with the angels and all authorities and powers submitting to Jesus. Jesus reacted differently and because he did, we are encouraged to do so as well. We can have new life and forgiveness, a fresh start, a new beginning and also um, 
when we look at his example, we see his, his power being displayed, power even over sin and death. And that same power through the Holy Spirit is available to strengthen us as we go through challenges, available to comfort us and to keep us going when we face criticism. This same good news has been given to us and will help us react differently. Be encouraged. We're to be discerning, not defensive. We're to be a blessing. We're to be ready and we're to be encouraged. How will you respond to this mammoth passage this morning? What is it that God has been highlighting or, or saying to you? What's uh, triggered uh, in your heart or in your head as you've listened and engaged? Maybe God is calling you to repent of some wrong reactions and heart approaches. For others, uh, it, it may be that God wants to encourage you in the situation that you're facing, to say to you that he knows, he sees what you're going through. He's, uh, he, he hears um, what's been said to you or about you and that he is with you and he will strengthen you by his Holy Spirit. He will enable you to be a blessing when all you want to do is, is shout negativity back. Uh, God will enable you to be a blessing uh, to those people. And in that situation, to have the strength to be gracious and loving rather than retaliate with anger or with hate. For others uh, today, it, it might be that God has put someone on your mind that you need to forgive, you need to release, uh, that they have hurt you historically or they're currently hurting you and God wants to help you to forgive them, to release them in forgiveness. Or maybe God is, has brought someone to mind that you need to contact to apologise to because you have been uh, critical of them. What is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? We're going to have some time in a moment before we uh, have our, our, our next worship song to just listen to God and respond to him appropriately. If you want a bit longer, just press pause on, on this. But let's pray before we pause. God, help us to respond to you now in the ways that you want us to. Teach us to have different reactions, responses in line with how you want your people to be. Give us your Holy Spirit afresh so that we can um, be a blessing when all we want to do is shout back. We pray this in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen.